0: Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint. This is a security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about the news and events that you may have missed or or maybe not have missed. Uh, There's a lot out there and we want to bring it to you. So the way this sprint works is that we go through two rounds of topics and then do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I'm going to bring in somebody who may or may not have been uh, as part of a coup attempt in uh, in Russia over the weekend. Uh, Andy Jabor, you were off. We didn't know where you were at. You just kind of went away, and next thing I know, something happened in Russia. So explain yourself,
1: Andy. Dave, while while I bear a similar haircut and large <laughs> nose as the leader of the Wagner Group, I can confirm that I was in fact here in the continental United States and deny any suggestions I had anything to do with potential Russian coups. However, I am out of town next week. So if something happens next week, I'll let you connect the dots on your own.
0: Well, that's very good, Andy. And This is a good time to actually mention that next week we will be not having a, we will be not having, that's very bad grammar on my part. See, this is what happens when I don't script something, Andy, um, even when I do script a, a bad grammar, but we will not have a podcast next week. We're going to take a well-deserved break, Andy. We've been going hard this whole year with the security sprint and all the other podcasts and work that Gate 15 has been doing. So we want to just take a little bit of a break and celebrate the uh, the birth of the nation. So okay, The
1: 4th of July did. I think next to Bastille Day, that's like one of your favorite holidays, right? Uh,
0: Very close to Bastille Day, but (laughs) you're not quite there yet. So, uh, we will get there. But Andy, this is a sprint. We got to get through some topics. Let's Let's go. I'm here. I'm ready okay, Andy, you know, look, I know you're unfamiliar with some of the stuff going on. Um, So let me, let me start, I'm going to start with this, Andy, Uh, really, and this is something you've been talking about in some of your hits over the last couple of weeks here about uh, two events over the, uh, over the last week in Georgia, uh, specifically about uh, hate-based groups targeting uh, synagogues over the week, uh, over the last couple of days. So what, let's just, this is from CNN, but groups were observed yelling anti-Semitic messages out Outside of a Macon temple Friday night, and then displaying swastikas and signs with neo-Nazi messages outside of Cobb County Synagogue on Saturday. So two distinct locations, and if you're not familiar with Georgia, um, you have Cobb County is within the Atlanta area, and then Macon is, is to the south of Georgia, but very two distinct areas, two distinct, distinct demographics, but still you're getting uh, anti-Semitic uh, work or activities in those areas. Uh, The flyers were also discovered in at least one central Georgia community or anti-Semitic flyer flyers were also discovered in another uh, central Georgia community. And and really, this is just a continuation of a lot of things that we've been seeing over the last couple weeks. Uh, We've been reporting on hate-based numbers and discrimination activities as reported by the FBI and some of these other groups. Um, Andy, this is just something that you know we need to be on guard for. We've seen this. You know it's anti-Semitic, but it, there's a larger faith-based organization, and 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 whether that's connected to pride groups or Pride Months or activities around there, I don't want to make those leaps. But we are starting to see a lot of hate-based activities in these various communities, faith-based organizations, the LGBTQ uh, um, activities. We saw some interesting incidents. Uh, over the last weekend when there was a culmination of a lot of pride activities this last weekend, a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of hate-based activity, and there have been some incidents at, at some of those. Some had to be canceled, some had to be rescheduled, rearranged. So Andy, I
1: know it jumbled a lot in there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Dave, you hit a really important topic. I'm glad you talked about this. I had, I had a flag to, to bring up on my end as well, and I think there's there's a lot of things happening at once. It's hard knocks to sort of juxtapose on top of each other. We've got Pride Month. We've got the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs ruling. Um, yeah. you know, political season, and, and already, in a very vitriolic language being thrown around in inside of parties, between the parties. It's it's a it's an interesting time. I think it goes back to something we've talked about in numerous podcasts here, and I think this is part of that same sign of the times, which is the the comfort and sort of feeling that it's okay to openly be hateful be violent uh and cause these kinds of commotions right i mean you know racism has always been present in this country uh anti-semitism has always been present in this country and internationally but for for folks to gather around with nazi flags right in, in in broad daylight in front of synagogues that's a ballsy level of 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 hate that i don't think was acceptable you know in in recent history but with with the vitriolic you know hatred that comes out of you know, politicians and media mouths and sort of encourages this, you know, out, out in front of you uh, hate and, and rhetoric. We're just gonna continue to see more of this as, as things continue, right? There's nothing I see right now that sort of says at a national level, you know, we have, we have leaders being responsible and calling for responsible de-escalation and behavior. It, it's exactly the opposite, they're escalating it. And so while, you know, a given politician or a given media pundit might like to say these things flippantly to get some attention, the cumulative effect is showing up in these types of incidences, whether it's a Pride Month attack or drag queen story hour or it's or it's a faith based incident like this. We're going to continue to see threats like this. we've got to think about them in our specific context and also in the broader implications of, again, associated threats, associated risks, neighboring facilities and all the things that go along with it. It's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time.
0: Yeah, and I think it's re- what I think what you're really calling out there, Andy, is as like organizations, we really need to be aware of those things. Like we can't just uh, we can't just focus internally on what we're doing as an organization. We have to look at the external factors and how does that impact those areas and what could that mean to us? I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of things there, and uh, we also have that the Colorado Springs uh, L- the the shooting that occurred there at an LGBTQ facility. The trial is going to be starting here. I think it's this week. Um, or activities around there that's something that could promote a lot of you know protest demonstrations and activities in and around there it could be very caustic in and out of the workplace so a lot of things we just really need to consider you know, in the workplace and what that means to us and and what do you have to do from a preparedness standpoint so uh, great call out there Andy any anything else before we get to your first topic
1: I'll, I'll just mention, Dave. On Friday, the twenty-third, recording this on Monday, the twenty-sixth, there was a, a press release from the U.S. Attorney and the FBI talking about the importance of, of reporting hate crimes, specifically talking to faith-based organizations. So uh, we'll share the link for that uh, in in the show notes. I think it's you know something we know, something the faith-based ISO encourages through their Hate Crimes Initiative they put together with InfraGuard. You know it's important to identify and report these things. A lot's getting publicly reported but you know, there's more that can be done. And so just we'll share the link for that. I think it's really important to keep that in front of people.
0: Yeah, great, great call out there, Amy. Okay, so that's my round one
1: topic. What about you for round one? Oh, I have to go. I thought I got a pass since- Oh, you got there. a oh, pass? No. Okay, no, I've got, I've got two, Dave. I think, you know, you you alluded to this in your opening comments. I think it's just worth stopping and talking about for a second here. What the heck is happening in Russia, right? Yeah. I mean, we we have a catastrophically horrible war being fought in Ukraine an absolute disaster for for Russia and for Putin but it continues and even as Russia as uh, Ukraine conducts their counterattack you know you've seen frustrations, you've seen comments from the leader of the Wagner group you know blaming Russia blaming Moscow blaming Putin pretty openly pretty uh you know gutsy comments on his end all of a sudden you know we're we're out enjoying our weekend and there's about to be a, an invasion of Moscow by this mercenary group and then suddenly there isn't it was a very crazy Twenty-four hours ish, you know. You could you could draw it out a little bit longer than that, really, right? But but I mean, it was a very crazy little period of time there, and and so here we are now. And Ukraine is still conducting their counteroffensive. Russia's making some you know saber rattling, I think, to maintain strength and presence in Moscow. Wagner Group leader Prigozhin is on his way, I think, to uh, Belarus. We think, right? And so. Kind of crazy. And so I I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is unaware of of what's happened. So I'm just going to ask Dave, what do you think this means? Like, what does this mean, greater, you know, Ukraine, Russia environment? You know, when you look at the winners and losers of this coup, if you can look at it that
0: way, I mean, if we were to like do some like draft evaluation, who's the winners and losers here, look at this coup, like look at what happened with the Wagner group there, what they were doing, and all of a sudden they turn around and then they're being penalized. You know, the leader is now going outside of the country is no longer being part of that. The, the, The Wagner group is now being effectively conscripted into the Russian military. You know, like what happened here? It's very confusing to me I don't understand a lot of it and it will take a little bit of time to play out but what I do know is this is as the you know the bear gets pushed back into the corner he comes out with claws uh, raise and, and come out fighting. And I think this is a very dangerous time. Uh, again, I don't want to overinflate the risk as if we haven't been at war. There hasn't been a war in Ukraine since, uh, you know, uh, going on a year and a half now. But the reality is this, is that, you know, we do have to be very on guard for the effects of what Russia can do from a cybersecurity perspective and the impacts that they can have on on our critical infrastructure and facilities, as a result of what's happening, it is not going well for them. They can put on, you know, the lipstick if they want to put that lipstick on a pig if they want to, but it's not going well. And and what does that mean as a result? Is that going to be uh, effects regionally, or is that going to be effects uh, internationally? And I think that's going to be very important. But as to what I know and what I you know can speak to intelligently. You know i'm not very intelligent in the first place so I, I don't know if that's um if i have a good guess because this is a very confusing situation in general i think
1: it, it is and, and and putin is very unpredictable i remember talking to a colleague before like right before the russian invasion i think it was like the, the week you know thursday or friday before and was asked you know you know no kidding what's your assessment I was like I, I don't think he invades and then like i woke up the next morning and I, I, I slacked back to my, my colleague, and I was like, okay, I have done my face because it happened, right? Putin exactly. is yeah. hard to understand and predict, and you look at what's going on right now. On one hand, you say, okay, potentially a great opportunity here just for him to pull back and say, okay, things have not gone well. I'm going to do things differently. Try and redeem, you know, credibility in some way and 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 get the best out of that he can given just the way it's all gone so badly. I don't think there's any way that he does that, though. I think you, yeah. you, you said it right. I think he's already having a hard time in Ukraine, the three-day, you know, excursions become a year-and-a-half-long disaster. Uh, now there's, you know, a potential coup, a lot of, a lot of uh, questioning of his leadership, of his, of his choices. I think he has to strike back. I think that's sort of the only response that he will, will give. And that's concerning, because I don't know what that exactly would be. I think for, you know, those with interests in Russia and around Russia and Ukraine, it's a sensitive time. I think if you still have people on the ground, you've really got to be thinking about their well-being and you know, se- security action, potential preparation for evacuation. If it came to that, we just don't know where he's going to go. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a very confusing time. I will say this. The U.S. administration had very good intel leading up to Putin's invasion. And I would say if the intel community comes out with statements of what they anticipate Russia doing militarily or otherwise, I would I would give that credence and listen to it and take it as as it's told you know so that that's hard right now again we saw a lot of politicization of uh, what happened this weekend by a lot of red blue commentary so it's going to be hard but I think I would definitely give the benefit of the doubt to the experts in the government right now if intel is released on what they see Russia doing and I think it's really uh, as much because they'll also say it was it's definitely a, a personal hit to Putin you know macho Putin um, also macho Robert F Kennedy Jr. Uh, doing incline bench presses <laughs> with his shirt off. I mean, with his shirt off. Of yeah, that was that was insane to watch. it was it was it was just like watching Putin propaganda. So. Anyway, I'm I'm getting lost here, Dave. i don't have a lot of time. I'll pass the ball back to you.
0: Okay. All right. We don't have a lot of time, Andy. We're really tight. This is a sprint for crying out loud. Let's get into round two, Andy. And I am the weatherman. So I, of course, I'm going to bring up some weather topics because it's really top of mind on a lot of different areas. Andy, you look across the United States, look across the, the globe, and you'll see a lot of severe weather events ongoing. I know in Charlotte, the area here over much of better part of the last week, we've been under a lot of rain and activity that's been moving up uh, up your way through a lot of that. We also have severe heat in many of these areas. Um, I, I know we had really positive conditions over the winter for a lot of drought stricken areas, but that heat is coming back now and is really having an impact. I wanna call out two specific incidents. And again, there's this is a in within a number of incidents in general, but um, uh, two men were killed. Uh, in Big Bend National Park in 119 degree heat. That was last Friday. And I also want to call out that a new study uh, published uh, in April by the University of Cambridge said heat waves in India are putting unpredict- or unprecedented burdens on India's agriculture, economy, and public health systems. So we talk about the heat and what it could mean from an individual standpoint. Now we're talking about the heat from an impact on a lot of livelihood and critical uh, lifelines areas. Uh, But so this is going to, you know, obviously this heat is not going to, they're not predicting this is going to go away. So long-term predictions indicate that Indian heat waves could cause across the survivability limit for a healthy human resting in the shade by 2025 or 2050. I know that seems like a far away there, but we got to get there eventually and it's going to get hotter and hotter as the production's But again, this is what, you know, we we see a lot of this, Andy, we've seen this through the severe weather storms when they're going from Tornado Alley of the Midwest down to the south part of town. We've seen hurricane activities now. It doesn't look like it's going to be that as bad in recent years, but but we're seeing a lot of these weather-related events cause tremendous amount of impacts, and even if they are a short-term incident, the, the likelihood is increasing over time. It used to be one in 50-year events. Now it's one in 25-year events. They're talking about, in this in this study, they're talking about um, one in 10-year events. And, and that's, a, you know, we're talking billions of dollars. Look at Superstorm Sandy. Look at some of these uh, heavy flooding events that have occurred uh, as parts of, you know, we think about the coastal impacts of hurricanes, but really a lot of the damage is done from the the inland impacts, the flooding, the surges, the the weather and the torrential downpours and the tornadoes that occur from that. So again, I know, you know, I sound very redundant in, in a lot of these, but if our preparedness planning is not incorporating weather, we're wrong. Frankly, we're wrong. We need to understand those impacts. So Andy, I don't want to dwell on that, but I am the weatherman. I need to call it out.
1: You, you are the weatherman. I think it's important. I think, you know, did not just in preparedness planning, but just in organizational planning. And you know, I think yeah. when I had a chance to talk with Jeff Masters a few months back on the Gifting interview, and he first drew my attention to the fact that there are parts of the country now that are becoming uninsurable. And mm-hmm. since then, I mean, we've seen multiple reports of insurance companies refusing to provide insurance in certain regions for certain disasters because they can't predict re- re- like reasonably how to how to cover it, like, like what appropriate coverage is. They can't They can't price it. And that creates a problem, right? So if you're looking to build new facilities or move your headquarters into an area that is not going to be insurable, that's a significant business risk, right? And so that's got now got economic impacts for those areas. There, there's a lot of things that go into this. So you know, we, again, we get so caught up into the divisiveness of, you know, climate change or not climate change, just deal with the reality at hand. There are extreme weather events, there are increasing extreme weather events of some types in some areas, That is becoming problematic at multiple levels and business leaders need to be responsible and start thinking through what does it mean for me, for my people, for the economies of where I'm currently operating, where I may be operating. There's a lot to think about. So it's preparedness, it's resilience, it's also just basic bottom line business decision making. There's, There's a lot going on here and leaders need to think about it.
0: Yeah, 100%, right. And you're referring to recently, California, uh, some insurance companies in California are no longer providing fire insurance. I mean, the, the droughts have been so bad there. The the fire wildfires have been so bad there that they're just not insuring it. It's, we have similar things in Florida with flood insurance in some of those areas. So yeah, for 100%, right on point there, Andy. Okay. What about you for topic number two, round two for you,
1: Andy? Dave, thanks. So I want to go back to another, I think, new story that I think is interesting. And I'm going to go to reporting here by Mark Pomerlew Friday in Defense Scoop. I'm just going to read from his article. The title of uh, the article is Senate Armed Services Committee Directs Independent Assessment for Creating a Cyber Force. So just years after the creation of Space Force, which, you know, uh, was mocked and joked about in some circles, but, you know, is, is a very real and very important uh, part of our national defense I'm just going to read the first few lines here from Mark's report. The Senate Armed Services Committee is proposing an outside assessment regarding an independent military cyber service akin to the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Space Force. According to a summary of the fiscal 2024 National Defense Authorization Act released by the committee, which it finalized yesterday, being Thursday, the provision directs an independent assessment of creating a cyber force or further evolving the existing force development and management Model. There was a briefing provided. Uh, the full language has not yet been released. Oh, there's a different things you can see to talk about it. I think it's really interesting, Dave, right? As we look at our, you know, military forces, the, the focus of the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines, we we kind of felt like we had it down there, right? The Coast Guard moved to Homeland Security, different focus, different mission. We created Space Force, the space domain, but here we are at a time when you know cybersecurity and the interconnectedness of network infrastructure, network attacks, and physical effects the blend the threat environment we've been talking about for six years, you know, here at Gay 15 and on these podcasts is very, very real, right? With threats to infrastructure and, and, and well beyond. So I think it's a great conversation to be having. I think it's a responsible conversation to be having. I'm not sure if creating a cyber force takes away from the other branches in a negative way or potentially adds an important capability and command structure. Dave, you spent a lot of time in the military. What, what are your thoughts on a potential cyber force?
0: You know, I can understand the reason why they'd want to go in this direction. My concern, and I think this is a concern I have not, whether it's the military or any type of organization, is that the my concern would be that we would then be too siloed. Like it would be too. then, fo- like, I, I really believe, you know, you've talked a lot about blended, uh, you know, br- blended threats. These threats are no longer just cyber threats. They have physical impacts. They could be physical impacts that, or f- physical threats that have cyber impacts. You, we can't look at it as just this is the cyber realm and everything else is outside it needs to be integrated into day-to-day. It needs to be part of operational planning. That's why I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. I'd like to see it a lot more integrated within each of the services and within organizations. Again, I think you're, you're starting to see some of these, how do we break down the silos within these various things and how do we look at the risk and then look at cyber as a possible operational element to be able to mitigate that risk. By focusing strictly on the cyber threats, I, I'm not so sure that we're we're hitting the mark completely. I, I'd like to see a lot more come out of this. I'd like, obviously, the 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 truth is in the details, right? But <clears throat> but I'm generally against you know focusing so exclusively on this. I think cyber is just part of the domains that we need to work in, and so I'd, I'd like to see it more integrated. But that again, that's just based on my limited view at this point
1: yeah but David, i don't disagree with you at all and i think i think conducting this study is the right move right and it, yeah. as mark continues further in the article he makes the point that the reasoning behind the the discussion is to determine redundancies and duplication regarding mm-hmm. how this versus and quoting here organize train and equip the cyber yeah. warriors they present cybercom, and you know the military is huge there's a lot of redundancy that becomes a very expensive issue right so While I'm with you, you know, I hate silos, but I also hate inefficiency. And so I think the fact that we're commissioning this study and trying to investigate, like, what's the opportunity for improvement here, be it to improve current processes and structures or to consider a separate, you know, cyber force altogether. I think it's an important discussion to be having. I'm glad we're having that as a a nation, as a military and, and thinking through it. And I, th- I think it's an important time to sort of reflect on that. And, and you know, again, th- there's a lot more to dig into and think through. I think you have some of those points already, but I think I think it's a good discussion. And I appreciate yeah. the article in Defense Scoop. Uh, good job, Mark, in writing that. I, I think it's a it's a healthy topic for this current time.
0: Yeah, it definitely needs that. That study is really going to be important. So, um, okay, Andy, we've been through our two rounds. Uh, We're going to go into the quick hits. I don't have anything, Andy, because I kind of merged some of my quick hits into our discussion points today, talking about pride activities and pride facilities. I know we're at the end of pride month, but we did see some very interesting developments during the month. The NHL did make a decision about some of their future pride activities. I don't know what that's going to mean long term and and the consequences of of some of those activities, but I'm very confused right now with the environment and the awareness. So I'm going to have to take some time and look at what we saw during this last month and come back with some additional analysis. It is very interesting to see. It's almost like the pendulum is switching back to a little bit more like this anti-pride activities. And And I'm not sure that's a that's a great spot right now for a lot of places. So Andy, that's all I wanted to call out on my um, on my quick hit. What about you? What do you what do you got on quick hits?
1: Yeah, I've got too much in quick hits. So (laughs) of course you do. Links on on pride activities, on faith based issues. Um, There's a whole lot, and we'll share share those links, folks, and dig into them. And again, if you're not subscribing to our Daily Sun. Please subscribe check it out it will also be taking a break next week as we celebrate the fourth but just to highlight a couple of things so of course of course of course more ransomware updates won't we'll get into those last week, in total 11 new known exploitive vulnerabilities added to CISA's Kev catalog, check those out make sure you're thinking through those new NSA release on mitigating black Lotus uh, cybersecurity concerns. New guidance from the UK on uh, risk management for cybersecurity. Good topics there. There's a, couple, a c- couple of things. They've won. And we talk about the increasing comfort of using violence and threats. There's a good article in the Wall Street Journal about bomb threats to a host of retail establishments around the country. Um, worth noting. Uh, a good article in the Colorado Sun talking about things happening at the National Cybersecurity Center. Mentioning our friends at the Space ISAC, a great organization, covering a very important Uh, Sector as we sort of talked just a moment ago. Uh, Just two last notes. One, uh, the Hajj is getting ready to go underway in Saudi Arabia. Post-COVID now, over 2 million folks expected. Significant security challenge around that. Of course, a big annual event now in the, not that COVID's gone, but in a different time, um, expected to be a huge turnout for that. And the last one, in case you missed it, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a report on the origins of the COVID pandemic. Long story short, the Intel community generally assesses that it started through some natural occurrence, but there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly how it originated. We've got some bullets in today's Gay 15 Sun. You can grab the report and we'll share the link and those bullets in the show notes. A lot to cover. Thanks for rushing through the Sprint with us, Dave. Thanks for letting me back. I'll miss you next week and I'll miss you the week after, but the show must go on. So I I wish you well and look forward to returning to the Sprint with you in mid-July.
0: It must go on, Andy. And unfortunately, I can't be uh, behind any of your uh, illicit activities that you may or may not do away from this podcast. So, Andy, great points. I do want to wish everybody a healthy and safe uh, coming up upcoming holiday as you choose to celebrate the uh, the 4th of July period of time. Um, And I also want to be able to say uh, also, just as a reminder, we did have a significant incident last 4th of July um, and I, I do think that is going to be important as, as you're preparing your festivities and you're preparing, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in your community or larger than that, <clears throat> please p- make sure you're putting in that extra precautions, you're doing your extra checks. And, and if you think it can't happen in a certain way or, or a certain way, double check and make sure you're you're positive on that. And so uh, with that, Andy, great having you back. Even if I'll miss you the next couple of weeks, we are off next week and then uh, we'll get back together, but uh, I also encourage you to listen to the other Gate 15 podcast. Uh, uh, podcast we have your interview you released, that was released yesterday, uh, so check out the Gate 15 interview. We had the Nerd Out uh, Nerd Out uh, podcast, which was released last week, and then we also have the upcoming Risk Roundtable. So we've got a lot of stuff going, Andy. A lot of activities. So be safe, everyone. Hope you have a great uh, upcoming holiday. And with that, I will bid you adieu.